Welcome to the Prophecy Club. We're going to be talking today about what the prophets are saying is coming in the future to America. What is God talking to America about? Now, I understand a lot of you may be saying, yeah, well, how do you know this is really from God? Well, okay, for just a second, let's assume that there really is a way. Let's assume that there really is a test or a measuring stick to where we can really know if God is really speaking to us. Now, if we can know that it's really God, then the question is, do we want to hear it? Well, I believe most people would say, you say God is talking to America. You say God is talking to me. Then yes, 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 I want to, I want to hear if it is really God. But first, convince me that it's really from God. Okay, I'm about to do that. So the next two dreams that I'm about to read are from Dana Coverstone. Now, you may be saying, so who's Dana Coverstone and why do I want to believe that he's hearing from God? I've had him stay in my home on two occasions. I broke, bed with, I broke bread with him. I prayed for him. I spent some personal time discussing things. I know Dana Coverstone. But the main reason that you can trust and have comfort in knowing that he is really hearing from God is this. God does not speak his prophetic messages or warnings to people unless they have been tested. For example, Dimitri Dudeman, the Romanian pastor that was tortured for five months, put on the electric chair twice, and they could not kill him. Okay, they put you on the electric chair twice. They can't kill you. Hmm. In my book, that's a pretty good test. That's a test that obviously God is with you. Then John the Revelator that wrote the book of Revelation was boiled in oil, according to Fox's Book of Martyrs, and when they couldn't kill him, he was so ugly from being boiled that they banned him to the Isle of Patmos where he was given the book of Revelation. What about Dana Coverstone? Well, he hasn't been tortured. He hasn't been boiled. So what's the test? I'm going to say he has actually been very tested tested in a way I doubt anyone listening right now would want to be tested. He's been tested in purity. You see, each Sunday afternoon, he writes an email to six accountability partners. And to hear him tell it, he tells the things that he is struggling with. Now, that's the way he explains it. But here's the way you and I would say. He writes down sins he has committed or temptations that has come to him that he's passed. In other words, he writes down his most secret mistakes. Now, who would want to do that? (laughs) I'm going to say that that would make us all walk a very clean life. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean every week I've got to write down every little thing I've done, even if I just thought about it? I've got to write that all down? I've got to tell six other people? Yeah. I wouldn't want to do it. I can tell you right now, I wouldn't want to do it. But there's more. You see, he's an Assemblies of God pastor, but not just any pastor. The AOG sends him to churches in which the pastor has had a moral failure, had to be removed. In other words, they had sex with church members and things like that, and perhaps even worse. So his life is a very big challenge. He's got to walk a very straight line, very clean heart. 
So I'm asking you, how would you like to write an email to six people every week telling your worst thoughts, dreams, temptations, even sins? I wouldn't. I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't want to do that. He has done this for over 10 years. Every Sunday. And not only that. You know, when you're around someone that's really evil, surely you'd agree that you can tell that they're very evil. If you've ever been around someone that's really you, you can tell. But when I'm around Dana Coverstone, I sense a very pure spirit. In my opinion, he has the cleanest heart I've ever been around, except my wife, Leslie. And as Leslie's husband of 37 years, I, I will confess I, I can't recall ever seeing her sin. If she has, I, I can't recall it. I do not. So what I'm saying is you got to have a clean heart for God to send an angel to talk to you. And that is what Dana Coverstone is having happen to him. So let's go with his last two dreams. That's what I'm about to cover today. December 19 through 21, it's called the church and the state. So you want to know what God is saying to America? This, my brothers and sisters, is what God is saying to America. He said, in the dream I had, I saw the United States Capitol building, and it was fully lit up, and the tower part of it had large arms attached to it. Now, you may be saying, well, wait a minute, why did God just talk directly to us? You remember the disciples came to Jesus and said, why is it that you just don't talk straight? Why is it that you always talk in parables? He said, well, to you... It's given to understand, but to them, it's not given to understand. You're allowed to know the secrets of the kingdom. I believe if you're listening to this broadcast right now, if you've listened this far, you want to know the secrets. You want to know the secrets of the kingdom. You want to know what God is saying to America. And frankly, with us being in so much trouble right now, don't expect it to be real good. Matter of fact, this is probably about as good as it gets. Anyway, he goes on to say, so I saw this tower. It had large arms attached to it. The arms were muscular arms with short sleeves and very rough-looking hands. The building was flying a flag that Betsy Ross designed with the 13 stars and a circle in the top left corner. Across from the congregational building was a traditional-style-looking church that also had arms attached to the steeple. The arms also were muscular very similar to the arms on the Capitol building. Now, that's the point to remember. The arms, muscular, very similar on the Capitol building as on the church. Let's go on. Both had rough hands and arms that knew work with short work sleeves. The hands were not necessarily dirty, but Dryan obviously had been working in the fields and on equipment. Behind the church were religious leaders wearing red like Catholic cardinals, and early 1900s preachers. Behind the Capitol building were older-style congressmen and senators from the same time frame. The clothing and style seemed older and more professional, and each group was cordial toward each other at the start. I'll read that again. That's an important part. Each group, both the senators, congressmen, and the church leaders, were cordial toward each other. Both had about the same working dress and arms, they both worked in the field. Now, next point. The hands shook and seemed to get along, and they stood in the locations respecting one another and supporting each other as well. The sky above them seemed to begin to move extra fast, and it reminded me of the time element sequence in H.E. Wells' The Time Machine story. 
the scene slowed down, and I noticed that the Capitol building arms were now long-sleeved with expensive-looking cufflinks and even manicured hands, and the roughness entirely gone. The building was well-maintained and lit and looked as if it taken care of and polished. However, the church, well, the church appeared to be the same kind of muscled arm, rough hands, seemed dry, cracked, and working hands, and they were in constant motion. Meaning, in the future, what happened was the people in the capital, the politicians became wealthy, but the church stayed the same. Third paragraph. The capital suddenly put their hands together and popped their knuckles and pointed at the church in an accusing way. The capital suddenly put their hands together firmly and popped their knuckles and then pointed at the church in an accusing way. The church hands kept moving and working, and there was even blood on its hands from the sacrifices made in its work. The capital hands then went up as if to stop the church from moving forward, and the church stopped its and the church stopped in its tracks. The church hands moved as if to explain that they needed to get by the capital, but the capital stood in its way. The church tried politely to make its way through. However, the capital pushed hard against it and knocked it down. The church stayed down for a few minutes, then stood up and got knocked down again by the capital. The scene replayed like this for a few more times with the church being cautious, but getting knocked back down, and stood its ground, each time getting more firm in their approach. The people behind the church seemed a bit timid, and the people behind the Capitol were looking rather intimidating, with arms folded and grimaces on their faces. So that's kind of the third picture. Now, next paragraph. The church popped its knuckles and set its face toward the Capitol and tried to walk by the state, this time, the church said strongly, we need to get by, and we're going to do it right, but we must be allowed to pass. The state responded, <laughs> not on our watch, was the response. The state then grabbed the church by the throat, pushed it back and down, but the church got back up, pushed back against the state. The church bent itself and leaned into the state and put its back foot in place and both strained against each other. In other words, there's a, a, a fuss, there's an argument, there's pressure against the church and the state. As they pushed and contended against each other, one of the capital arms slipped a seed into the back pocket of the church. At the same time, some of those standing behind the church moved to stand behind the capital building. The capital then said to the church, stand down. But the church said, we won't. There was seemingly a standoff, but a large thorny vine began to grow in the back pocket of the church, and it was wrapping around its neck. And the capital, seeing this, pushed back from the state and simply said, let it walk on forward. The flowers on the vine were red, biting the church and wrapping around the legs of the church. It kept growing and went into the mouth of the church and went down its throat until it surrounded its heart. By this time, the capital was not even concerned about the church, and the church was struggling as the right hand was white, but the left hand was red with vines intertwined with the fingers of it. 
The leaves on the vine appeared to be as if they were flags, all red with unusual symbols on them. The left hand of the church started pulling the vine out of the throat, but the red hand slapped away the white hand, thus resulting in a fight among the two hands. As one tried to protect the vine, one tried to strip it out of the church. As the struggle continued, the capital kept looking at the church as if to assess its strength, but kept handing out money, signing bills, shaking hands with business leaders and professional-looking people from many nations. But the church began to shake violently, as if it were having a grand seizure. Then the chest split open and revealed a heart that had been squeezed almost to death by the vine. The white hand suddenly took a knife and pierced the red vine to its root that wrapped around the heart, and the vine began to wither. The red hand made a fist and punched the steeple and then tried to grab the white hand, but its strength was fading. It dropped to the side of the church. The church took a few steps. Then the white hand pulled the root away from its heart, buttoned up its shirt, and it fell to its knees, and asked for forgiveness, forever allowing the red root to grow in its pocket. Then the Christ figure, this is the angel that comes to him, appeared and embraced the church. He also pointed at the capital and said, you never wanted the church to succeed, but the gates of hell will not stop her, and those who have seen the root will prune the vine and cut off the poisonous part. Then he turned to the church and said, Be about my father's business. Stay pure. Fear not the state. Hear that. This is important. Fear not the state, for they know not what they do. The church then walked slowly past the capital, but began to run after passing it by a few yards. Both hands were now white, and laying at the feet of the capital was the root of the seed that it had planted in the church's back pocket. The Christ figure then said clearly, listen closely, stay braced, stay focused, stay on task, for I am coming soon. Okay, so what is this saying to America? Right now, there's a battle between the church and the state. Right now, the capital is trying to cleanse itself, and the church is trying to cleanse itself. So what is the vine? The vine is sin. The church has allowed all sorts of sin to come into it. I'm not going to name them. I don't think I have to. Just like there's been all kinds of things wrong with the capital, but the capital and the church right now are at war with each other. The good side and the bad side in the church are at war with each other. The good side and the bad side in the capital are at war with each other. But what this is saying is that the church is going to arise with healing in her wings. I want to believe that that means that Trump is going to stay in office for another four years and that the church is going to do well and that the capital is going to do well. But there's more. This is another dream from Dana Coverstone. This dream came to him from January 9th through the 11th, 2021. He calls it Plumbline. This is the latest dream. 
He says, I saw a bright sunlight sky, no clouds, and I saw the man that I'd often seen in the dreams. This is the angel that comes to him to talk to him. And he was walking down the streets of New York. I saw the traditional skyline and the Empire State Building. The man was dressed in a first century robe like a Jewish male wears in public with a prayer shawl over his head. His pace was steady. The people walked by him oblivious to the fact that he was carrying a rope in his hand with a large stone tablet looking like one of the Ten Commandments. In other words, it is the Ten Commandments. Now, let me just say, when God is about to bring judgment on a nation, almost every time, you, I mean, look up the word standard. He lifts up a standard against that nation. And that standard that standard is his laws, specifically the Ten Commandments. So this is the angel saying that he is measuring God's laws, the way we're supposed to be running our nation, against how we are running our nation. That's where we're going with this. He said, with every step, the rope stayed straight and tight, straight to the ground, not moving. It did not sway at all. I asked him why the rope and the stone never moved and wobbled. He said, my plumb line never moves, meaning God's laws never change. I asked, where are we going? He simply said, to do business. We passed by the street sign that said Wall Street. Okay, so this is talking about our finances. You want to know about America's finances? He's about to tell you. We walked further down the street, past the Wall Street sign, and then he stopped. He'd looked into the distance at a taller building and held the rope and measured the plumb line. That means he's bringing judgment against the financial industries in America. Measured the plumb line against the building ahead. The building was obviously tilted from the line he was holding, meaning that the financial industries in America have fallen away from what God originally designed them to do. The building was obviously tilted away from the line he was holding. Then the man pushed with both hands on the building and began to shake it back and forth. So if you want to know what's coming to America, it's saying that Wall Street is about to be shaken. Now, he got this, what, here, like a week ago, but I think it was like three or four weeks ago. I told you, I said, I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and said, anything you don't want to lose, put it in silver. And I called uh, Cornerstone Asset Metals the next day and said, I don't have much money, but what little I did, I put into silver. And he took a check right over the phone right then and, and uh, cleared the next day. And a couple of days later, the silver arrived. As you know, uh I guess it was Shane Warren said that the audible voice of God spoke to him and said that silver will skyrocket far more than gold, which is one of the main reasons I chose gold as the precious metal. But anyway, let's read this again. So the building was obviously tilted away from the line he was holding, meaning our financial systems have sin in them. Our financial systems have fallen away from the way that God has designed them to work. Then the man pushed with both hands on the building and began to shake it back and forth. It kept rocking, even after he took his hands off. The building was moving back and forth. Oh, by the way, if you do call cornerstoneassetmetals.com, mention Prophecy Club because it helps us. Then the man pushed with both hands on the building, began to shake it back and forth. It kept rocking, even after he took his hands off. The building was moving back and forth. Some of the windows began to open. Then I saw office furniture and people and files and folders. All kinds of currency, coins, precious metals, things of value falling out. 
As they hit the ground, this violent wind swept them away. What God is saying is the wealth and the prosperity in America is about to be swept away from many people, specifically Wall Street. The people on the ground were bruised and struggling to walk. They were all dressed in professional suits, both male and female. They were covered in thick tar, which glued them to the ground. They couldn't move, but they couldn't get up either. The man told me to follow him. He took me to the bottom of the steps of the Capitol building. He held up the rope, and the Capitol building was twisted much the same way as the Wall Street building. The plumb line rope showed that the Capitol was not lined up straight. The man then raised his right foot into the air. He took his New Testament-style sandal and brought his foot down very hard on the first step out of the Capitol. He said, I mean, he brought it down hard. And the building began to rock back and forth. Soon people were falling out of the windows and the doors, documents, desk nameplates, all landing on their knees hard. These people fell out of the windows. They fell painfully hard on their knees. Now, I want to believe that this is saying that our, well, I believe what it's saying is our Constitution, gone. Our Republic, gone. Why? Because we fell away from the plumb line. We fell away from God's laws. That's the interpretation. That's what it's saying. But when it happens, a lot of people begin to fall to their knees. And I want to believe that it's saying that they repent and accept Jesus. And I believe that's what it's saying. I heard screaming and cracking when their knees hit. They were covered in this syrup, thick as molasses. They could not get up or walk. It wasn't gluing them to the ground. They could move, but just not as effectively. Now, let me just say, I think the molasses and I think the tar represents the sin in their life. In other words, they could not do what they wanted to do because they didn't have the blessings of God. So the blessings of God in the Capitol and the Wall Street have been reduced. They could not get up or walk. It wasn't gluing them to the ground. They could move, but just not as effectively. Some of them have the syrup all over their faces, all of their hands and their feet. Some were laying on the ground in fetal positions and groaning. Others were shaking their fists at the man, saying nothing. That's, so they're shaking the fists at God. They dropped their heads to hide their faces. Again, that's sin. They've sinned, and they know they have. Now, let's talk about the Capitol and the Wall Street. The man said, follow me. It was nighttime, and I saw this building with modern architecture. On top was a glowing neon green cross, slowly changing from white to green, white to green. The man walked up to the church and took off his outer robe and prayer shawl. He appeared to grow larger than the church itself. He did not measure the church with a plumb line. Instead, he simply placed both hands on the church lifted it into the air, looked right at me, and said, I warned them. Then he shook the church. He said, and I mean he shook it aggressively and violently for several moments. He shook the church more aggressively and violently than the Capitol or Wall Street. He shook it for several moments until the lights on the cross went out. The windows broken. Outer walls began to tear apart. Then he slammed the church down hard on the ground, the front doors broke open, 
and fell off the hinges. Then people began stumbling out of the church as if they were dizzy. Some ran away as fast as they could, throwing their Bibles to the ground, not even looking back. They were leaving as fast as they could. The pastors were also running out. They had their hands covering their heads and faces and their jackets hiding their heads, meaning they too were filled with sin. They were crazy running out to get out of there as fast as possible. I even recognized some of the people leaving who walked away and denied Christ. I'll say it again. Denied Christ, meaning the Spirit of the Lord is saying that there's about to be a shaking in the church to the point to where many will run away, throw the Bibles away, and deny Christ. Why would that happen? I think it's because the pre-trib rapture doesn't come to save them from the shaking. Let's go on, though. I recognize some of the people walked out and denied Christ. They were walking by denying ever knowing Jesus, saying, I never knew him. I don't know him. That's not my church. They were embarrassed for ever being part of the church because they had been shaken. They were walking away. I saw inside the church, I saw damaged pews turned over, broken in half, wood split many ways. I saw lights hanging from the damaged ceiling tiles, chandeliers hanging to the ground, electrical wire hanging out. And I saw an old oak pulpit was still intact. The platform was messed up. The entire church had been shaken from its foundations. But up near the pulpit, at the front, there were hundreds of people that had tied themselves together with ropes and chains and connected to each other at the altars. These people were clutching their Bibles to their chests so tightly the Bibles had handprints in them from their strong grip on the Bibles. The shaking couldn't rip the Bible out of their hands. They looked weary and shaken. Some had even been damaged, but they all had joyful faces. There were smiles on their faces because the shaking was over. Some in the group realized some had passed away from the flying debris from the shaking. The ones who had remained alive were shedding tears for those that lost. They began to clean up the area and kick away the debris, trying to make sense of it all. The man walked in, looked around, assessing all that he saw. He said, you took the warning. You were good to do so. Your obedience has been noted, and there will be fruit both here and in heaven for you. Though shaken and broken, you will arise, my bride, and work until I come. So the last thing he said was, you took the warning. You were good to do so. Your obedience has been noted, and there will be fruit both here and in heaven. Though shaken and broken, you will arise, my bride, and work until I come. Notice, both Wall Street and the Capitol, when they lined up to the plumb line, lined up crooked. But he simply shook the church with the expectation that they knew what the standard was, but did not follow it. Essentially, he's saying, my brothers and sisters, there's coming a shaking to our finances, to our government, but the biggest shaking is coming to the church. Some will walk away, some will run away, some will deny they ever went to church or knew Christ. 
But there will be a group of people, a small group of people, that will be highly blessed because they will survive. But they survive because they hang on to each other and they hang on to their Bible. So I'm saying to you, hang on, my brothers and sisters. I believe the storm has only just started, and according to other Coverstone dreams, he says it's going to end. I believe the interpretation is on about or around Passover 2021, which is March 27th. Brace yourself. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com is owned by a prophecy student who reads his King James Bible and supports Prophecy Club. Call CornerstoneAssetMetals.com for gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins. They can help you roll over your IRA, 401k, so tell CornerstoneAssetMetals.com Prophecy Club sent you. With our relationship with HeavensHarvest.com, they have all sorts of emergency supplies and food at HeavensHarvest.com. Their food comes in square stackable buckets, breakfast, entree, protein, fruits, and vegetables at HeavensHarvest.com makes it easy to order. I recommend you have at least 12 months of food for every person in your family. Receive a free box of heirloom seeds when you enter the promo code STAN. That's HeavensHarvest.com, promo code S-T-A-N. For emergency supplies and food at HeavensHarvest.com. As you know, I make many broadcasts referring to a list of dreams, visions, audible voices, I believe, are from God, given to Dimitri Dudeman, Michael Boldea, Leslie Johnson, Henry Gruber, Shane Warren, Terry Bennett, Maurice Scalar, Augusto Perez, Doug Metzger, Bree Keaton, and more. Now, you can have your very own copy. It's called God's Warnings to America. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of five. One for 20, but don't do that. Five for 35 or 10 for 60 at prophecyclub.com. 